0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Legacy Podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell.
1: And I'm Austin Kidwell.
0: Welcome to another episode. So if you have a Bible you're, or you don't, go ahead and grab it. Um, you're really going to want to um, have it close to you because we're going to be coming out of Exodus 2.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited about this episode. It's going to sound a little different from our past episodes. In these past episodes, you've been able to hear some personal stories about us and some setup of the Legacy podcast in itself. We got to hear from our dad. And uh, so we talked about many different things, but I'm excited because we're now moving into a different gear here. Well, we're going to begin talking about specific people and characters in the bible that have some amazing legacies so we're going to be talking like michael said out of the book of exodus and if you are a bible thumper you already know who we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about moses so right. uh we're not going to bore y'all and just read chapter after chapter you mm-hmm. know consecutively we're going to hit some main points come straight out of the word and talk to y'all from our point of view our uh how we, what we think about it, and. Um, always wrap it back into the legacy that we're uh, learning from this person in the Bible. So we're gonna kick it right off, and Michael's gonna get into the word.
0: Right. So in Moses, or not in Moses, too, in Exodus two, um, it's the birth of Moses. And so a little backstory during that time, Pharaoh is telling all of his men to kill all of the newborn um, slaves yeah. because. They were becoming overpopulated, and he didn't want to become overran, yeah, and so he's like, "All right, um, there's too many of them, so start killing all of their um all of the newborn male boys, and so because of that, yeah. when Moses is born, his mom <clears throat> hides him away in a basket, right um yeah. we've all heard this story in and, and kids' church and nursery rhymes and stuff like that, so she hides him in a basket. She sets him in the water yep. and kind of lets him drift. And he's later discovered by Pharaoh's daughter. And she takes him in as her own. And so you later um, in, let's see, um, in verse 5, it says, Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket along the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. And the really cool thing. Is the, the slave that the um Pharaoh's daughter sent out to get to nurse was actually Moses' mom, was the one that ends up nursing Moses. And so it's not like she didn't get to be a part of his um life growing up because she as a slave helped raise Moses, and so of course, um, Moses wasn't calling her mom because Moses um, growing growing up thought Pharaoh's daughter was his mother, mm-hmm. and so he kind of got adopted into royalty.
1: Yeah, and if you want to talk, if you want to talk about some craziness on jumping into a whole different lifestyle, of course, Moses in this uh, at this time is a baby, and you know he doesn't know what's going on. Um, but coming from the background of being an Israelite um, and being God's people, um, it's really awesome to think that one of God's people um, was put into a situation where now, while all of these other children are being murdered, he is now accepted by the pharaoh's family the royal family at that time and is now going to be raised in royalty
0: Mm -hmm. and so later down the line moses um has grown up some and so he is um walking about um walking through the slaves at work and he sees a guard beating a hebrew and um, this is verse um, eleven and twelve, and so in verse twelve in chapter two, if you look, it's it says looking this way and that, looking this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. So Moses saw the um the guard beating the Hebrew. He he was like that. What he's doing he shouldn't be doing and yeah. so moses killed the guy and then hid the body yeah. and so well already kind of starting off on a low point in story
1: yeah and we kind of jumped uh qu- through quite a bit of uh moses's life but um at this point where michael's talking about here moses has grown up in the pharaoh's palace he is uh the right-hand man to Pharaoh's oldest son. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh has a uh, older son that is going to be taking over as Pharaoh once the Pharaoh at that time passes away. And Moses and um, Pharaoh's oldest son have kind of moved into a role of running the kingdom. Pharaoh has put them both in as uh, kind of the boss of Building this new kingdom, uh, because Pharaoh was doing, I guess you could call it renovations on his temple and all these different things, because that was Pharaoh's ultimate goal was to expand Mm -hmm. and everything like that, because he wanted ultimate power, and so that's what he was using God's chosen people, the Israelites, for was as slaves to rebuild and expand his. his royal royalty and it Moses and Pharaoh's oldest son were those two guys that were the lead peak guys growing up leading this expansion in of Pharaoh's uh, land and it's crazy to think that Moses was one of the guys in charge of uh, of this operation But at the same time, he is one of God's chosen people. Of course, he doesn't even know that because he grew up with the only mindset of "I am royalty." Mm -hmm. Um, and now getting to the point now where you're talking about Moses is supposed to be there at the job site where the slaves are working, where God's people are working, and when he sees one of Pharaoh's security guards beating on this slave. He confronts that security guard and inevitably ends up murdering him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of a little bit more backstory on where where that where we're at in the story.
0: Right, and so in the um, in thirteen it says the next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked one, um, he asked the one in the wrong. Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. Yeah. And so that right there is a depiction of our own sin. Like, a lot of us will sin, and then we'll try to hide it. Yeah. But ultimately, God already knows. and so it's going to be made known. Yeah, yeah. And so um, this is a good picture of um sin and how we'll sin and we try to hide it, but God already knows. Mm-hmm. And so if you keep going, in verse 15, it says, When Ver- Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian. So... Moses kills the guard the next day he sees two slaves fighting and then breaks it up and they were they're basically calling him out on what he did. They're yeah. like, Are you gonna kill me? Like he killed that guard. And so Moses was like, Oh, I didn't think anybody knew about that. I thought I hid the guy. And yeah. so he gets called out on it and then Pharaoh finds out. And Pharaoh yeah. already knows he's one of them, and so He's like, mm mm, we're that that's strike three and so he's like, We we gotta kill Moses now. We we can't keep him around if he's gonna be killing guards.
1: Yeah, and so now we see a another complete uh opposite life that Moses is about to go live where he starts as an a Hebrew, a you know, person that's coming from the uh, group of the God's chosen people. And he's moving from that to royalty, growing up in royalty uh, as Pharaoh's one of Pharaoh's sons. And now, running away from that lifestyle and moving into an area now that is full of more of God's people. Mm-hmm. So his life is just flip-flopped back and forth and it's crazy because i i'm sure he's going in that time through a lot i know he is but it's crazy that we can read it on paper and see what's all going on but for moses himself he we can you know we can think that you know he's it does he really see what we're seeing does he see right. this timeline of you know what's all going on it's quite surreal to think uh -hmm. what's what has all gone on in his life up to this point
0: and so the craziest part is he's born a slave they send him out on the river he um is adopted by royalty and he his upbringing is into royalty and riches and never having to um want for anything he has all of anything he could want as his disposal living in um in royalty and then now he's on the run from pharaoh and he gets um kind of um brought in into a um tribe full of shepherds Mm -hmm. and in that time a shepherd is, like, the lowest of lows. That's, like, the worst job you could have had back then. Yeah. Like, that's the trashman of today. Like, it's the job no one wants to do. Yeah. It's the job that you're doing just so you can provide for your family. Yeah. And so they they see this guy just kind of wandering around, and so they welcome him in. And so um, years go by. And um, Moses is now a shepherd, and he's um, shepherding a flock, and that's when he runs into God in the burning bush.
1: Exactly, and so we now see in this part, and I'm gonna we're gonna have Michael find the exact location in the Bible where we have this story because I want him to read exactly from the word on where. Um, Mm-hmm. this interaction between god uh presenting himself as the burning bush and the interaction between the burning bush um and Moses how now we see another ex- uh another f- change in Moses' life where you know he, um he's just now getting comfortable um he's like you move, like you said he's moved now Out into the desert, into this tribe uh, of God's people, and he is a shepherd, and um, he is figuring life out again. He's getting comfortable, and here comes God, presenting himself as a burning bush, and Michael's going to read straight from the Word, and we're going to see exactly how that exchange goes.
0: Yep, so if you have a Bible, we're now in Exodus chapter 3. And in verse one, it says, "Now Moses was tending to the flock of Jericho, his father in um of Jericho, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire; it did not burn up." So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why does this bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you stand is holy ground. And that's verses 1 through 5 right there. I
1: mean, that in itself is just absolutely crazy even me uh just reading the story i mean just imagine how insane that must have been for moses i mean we read this this the story and we see moses just doing what he does every day he's shepherding his flock he's watching after his sheep and I mean, he's doing the same thing he does every day. And now here's this bush on fire, right. and it's speaking to him. The The cool thing
0: that I like about this is God sends the burning bush. But in verse 4, it says, When the Lord, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, then God called to him. Yeah. So God didn't speak until he caught his attention. Yeah. I I really like that that he sent the burning bush, but until he really caught Moses' full attention is when he spoke through the bush to Moses. Yeah,
1: and like you said, even when Moses is noticing the bush, it wasn't until Moses reached out toward to God. Right that God then presented himself. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way in our life now and in building our legacy is that we have God right here at our disposal for an to have an intimate relationship with him. I mean, he's right here with us. He's right next to you every day. He's there to listen to your prayers and your, your needs and to be that source of, hope that source of love wisdom uh you know we have all the fruits of the spirit and uh we have all of these things at our disposal but god will not well let me not say he will not because i know for a fact that god will never just give up on us and i also know that when we're at our lowest points there'll be times that god will just absolutely come up and snatch you right but in certain times in your life there is going to be a point because there's a, been points in my life that god is there but he is going to wait for you to reach your hand out to him mm-hmm. he wants to see what strength you have he wants to see the wisdom you have the courage you have to reach after him and he is going to accept you with open arms, and he is going to be there in every single way for you and that's what he wanted from Moses. He wanted to see the courage he had, he wanted to see the the strengths he had mm-hmm. to reach out to him first before he presented himself
0: and so this right here is the start of the legacy that Moses is going to carry on for God and so Um, if when we keep reading, you see that God is now revealing the purpose he has for Moses and how, um, in verse seven, it says, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them cry out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them. From the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey,
1: yeah, and you know what I really think we should do is kind of stop at this point mm-hmm. and let what comes next in this story with Moses of the action of what he 's about to do mm-hmm. be a part two, right um because I want to stop at this point because I just love um. The uh, the story that's going on right here. God is recognizing the hurt and the pain that his people are going through mm-hmm. while they're under captivity. And he is ready to free them of that captivity and that slavery. And he has now told Moses, he's letting Moses know, you Mm-hmm. you are the one that's going to do this for me. The one that was supposed to be murdered at the beginning of his life, floated down the river, was taken in by the Pharaoh's family himself, right? raised up in royalty, casted out, ran away, accepted by a tribe of people of God, has completely changed his life around. And now you are going to be the one that I send back in to, Egypt to free my people. And this right here is an exact image of how our lives are and what Christ wants to do for us. Mm -hmm. We all start it somewhere. Right. Every single one of us. Whether you're a Christian or not, everybody starts somewhere in their life when they really start new seasons, even in new seasons. But if you're someone who's in a season of your life that you just feel like you're in captivity if you feel like you're just in, in that type of struggle that feels like there's no way out of it maybe you've been in this captivity and you've been in this struggle for so long you've literally feel like a slave to whatever that situation in your life is and maybe it's not even a situation maybe it's a sin that's that is in your life. Maybe it's a secret sin in your life. We don't need to know. But God knows. Right. Maybe you're just stuck captive in that sin. That has you so held tight in your life. That secret sin that only mm-hmm. you know. Only you and God know. It's going on in your life. and And it's been going on so long. That you just feel like you're a complete slave of that sin. There's no way of... Freeing yourself of that sin. Well, right here in the story is an exact depiction of what you may be going on in within your life. How the people of God were in slavery for so long mm-hmm. and they were in hurting and they were in pain and misery and they felt like there was no way out of it. They saw no end in in mind there there was no end to to this misery mm-hmm. but now we have god bringing up moses and t- telling moses you're going to be the one to free my people and what's even better is that god has already sent that one to mm-hmm. free us of our misery to free us of our sin right god has sent his own son jesus christ to save us of our sin and free us of those sins and that misery that we're going through in our life. Through the act that Jesus has done, dying on the cross, bleeding and for our sins, he was beaten and bruised and hurt and hung on a cross to free us of our sins. And for so many people now, and, and I see it in my generation right now, that, and they're not afraid to admit it to, to you, because now, and it's so sad, now we see k- people in my generation using it kind of as clout where the their misery, their depression, the sin that they're going through, they're now using and posting it on social media. They're posting about it on Snapchat. They're posting about it on Instagram. And they're using it as clout. And this generation has so... Uh, confused so lost that their their depiction of their misery and, and their sin that they're in is just a way for them to use as a way to get clout and mm-hmm. to gain attention from somebody right but and that's why i keep saying that this this generation right now this young generation is in such a need for a revival and we mm-hmm. started to see those revivals in some college campuses and, and places like that. But we we need a change. And this generation is so desperate for a change because our hearts and our minds and our eyes and our ears are so confused mm-hmm. to accept our sins right. and to turn it to Jesus. And to give it away, give it to Jesus, because he, his hand, arms are open wide. He's already died for our sins, and he wants to take those sins from you and give you that freedom. Mm-hmm. He, he has already done that, and he wants you to accept. Jesus wants us to accept him into our, our hearts, but this generation is just so lost that they are confused, and they don't know the difference between sin and what they can use to gain popularity. To gain clout, to gain followers, right. and everything like that, because this gener- this young generation, that's all they care about. Mm-hmm. They could care less about the people in their own community. I mean, we we say we have a ton of friends, but we ter- we take a million followers and completely throw our friend o- under the bus rather than gain a true friend and not worry about the followers. Right, and so. We're seeing here in this Old Testament, the time before Jesus, that God is sending Moses to free his people. Mm -hmm. But, and this is why I wanted to wait and do the rest of the story for part two, because I think we need to zone in on the fact that we have already been freed from our sin. We have already been freed of our misery that we're living in every day. We already have been. but. Until you give it to Jesus, until you give it away, you'll never be able to live a life without that sin, without that misery. And we don't need to be sitting around waiting for a Moses to come free us. Mm -hmm. Because we're already free. We just have to accept it. We have to accept it in our minds. We have to accept it in our hearts. And it takes people a long time to accept that. Even Christians. Mm -hmm. People that go to church every Sunday, people that go to church every Wednesday, go to Bible studies, everything like that. You're ideal Christian. Some of them, it even takes us solid Christians some time to really accept the fact that I don't have to live in this sin anymore.
0: Right. And um, the next one we'll do, we'll see that um, Moses kind of starts to push back on the the whole idea and is like, no, send someone else. I'm not the guy. I, I'm not him. Send, send someone else. Like, I have too much baggage. I have too much of a backstory with Pharaoh. It's never going to work with me. But God chose Moses just yeah. like God chooses you.
1: And, I mean, God... Has an ultimate purpose for everything. Mm-hmm. And God is looking 10 steps ahead of what we see our lives going. Right. He's looking into what's in the future. And he's, he, in our lives, when you accept the fact that you, you are free of those, the sin in your life, mm-hmm. and that you can accept Jesus into your heart and live a sin-free life, not saying that you're never going to sin again, but a forgiven life, a life that is full of grace from God, you can realize that God's timing is bigger than anybody else's timing. Because Moses, like you said, Moses wasn't thinking about God's timing. Mm -mm. I mean, look at God's timing throughout his whole life. I'm sure he rarely, if at all, really thought, About God's timing, but now he's being faced right face to face Mm -hmm. with God, and he's like, he doesn't realize the timing and the plan that God has. So, I think that's something we also, as Christians, need to be careful of. If while we're talking about legacy, is trusting God, right? It took a lot of trust from Moses Mm -hmm. because if you do know the story. Eventually, yes, he did go and, you know, he, he went to Pharaoh over and over again, but it took a lot of trust from Moses to be able to do what he did. Right. And when we accept Jesus and we start living a life of faith and trust in God, we can live a life that is full of his love and, and we can trust his plan and his purpose. So Yeah, I really like where we are stopping here in this episode. I'm excited about next episode being able to talk more about God's plan and Moses' legacy. And so we'll pull out a part two of uh, Moses' legacy and be able to talk about that more. So we're going to pray it out, and uh, we'll see y'all next time.
0: Yeah, so, Lord God, we thank you for this day, Lord God. And we just thank you for the story of Moses and how... We can reflect on um, our own sins and how you've um, shine light on our faults, but yet your grace is sufficient to forgive us. And Lord God, we just ask that um, as we walk into your will and your way, that we would be able to have the trust that Moses had to walk out your plan for us, to walk out your way in our life, Lord God. And I just pray for each and everybody that's listening that you would bless them and be with them. In your name I pray, amen. And we thank you for listening to the Legacy Podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell.
1: I'm Austin Kidwell.
0: We'll see you in part two.